0: Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had, but so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What
1: happened to the doll?
0: It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us.
1: A Festivus for the rest of us, dog. Are you in the mood for that this year?
0: Yes. <laughs> if at any point I can make the statement, while I was raining down blows, it occurred to me, there's got to be a better way.
1: There's got to be a better way. So, I'm Lance. I'm Doug. And we are bringing you a podcast for uh, the Christmas holiday Wednesday night. Which date is that, actually? The 28th. It's the 28th. It's the podcast of us for
0: the rest of us. <laughs> that's the worst thing ever
1: I'm so glad that you did that on the spot and that's not something that you planned. I did because not plan that. That would be terrible.
0: <laughs>
1: Alright, so that of course is uh Seinfeld and that's uh festivus for the rest of us and I don't know about you but I do not have a grievance poll or a feat of strength planned for uh this year.
0: No, but I think for most people it just comes naturally when you get around the table there There are a list of grievances that go out. There are blows that will be thrown it's It's what makes Christmas so special right <laughs> So
1: right now we sound kind of cynical and actually listen to our podcast from a year ago, and we were very hopeful. Last year, and this year, we don't sound as hopeful.
0: (laughs) No, not quite. We're more realistic this year.
1: Okay, so uh, I thought maybe we might talk about a few things that are making us a little crazy this year that that have us leaning towards doing a uh, Festivus uh, grievance poll. And my first one is I do not like storing things for 330 days to use them for around 30 days.
0: Yeah, you're right. Where do you get your stuff from anyway? I mean, is you attic, or where are you pulling yours from?
1: I have a outdoor storage building, the man cave, as I call it. It's where I like to keep all of my barbecue tools, but my wife has the top shelf around the entire room. that's just Christmas stuff.
0: Lucky. <laughs> I have to go up in the attic to drag down like 8,000 pounds of Christmas stuff. But if it's cold,
1: I have to drag it in. That's, from, true. Uh, That's true. From outside. So, yeah, that one is uh, kind of a wash.
0: Okay, so 330 days sitting, so you can pull it out for those 35 days. Uh, you know, that is tough. For me, it's just the the music. Like, n- not, I mean, like the jingle bells that it's constantly playing, you know, in every store you go into.
1: Polite disagreement on that one, as I talked about last year. There are some songs that I really like.
0: Yeah, I, I bet you like the one about the figgy pudding where the kid gets ticked off and it's like, I, bring me, I won't go until I get some.
1: Uh, we played that last year oh, on the podcast. We? Did you forget that?
0: I guess I did. <laughs> All right.
1: Um, and then, you know, I mean, there's some other things that we could talk about, but let's not go there.
0: No. We, okay. I don't want to talk about consumerism. I don't want to talk about crazy people in the store. None of that.
1: Okay. So, uh, but we did kind of want to talk about the nature of gifts and I guess that we want to kind of disclaim now that we're not talking about, like, literal, like, the gifts that you put underneath the tree, in the box, and the paper, that I don't know how well this is going to extrapolate to that. If it does, great, but that's not what we're talking about, so don't feel weird if you bought your kid an iPad or something and it doesn't match up with, like, what we say here about gifts. That's not the kind of gifts, right? Right, right. All right, so the first thing that I want to talk about is uh, King Midas, who was the king of uh, Phrygia, um, which is Doug thinks that he's in in that uh, kingdom now. It's the uh, auditorium is cold, and uh, he's got a heater up here and yeah, a jacket on. Yeah, it is
0: cold, but when I think of Midas, I mean, I just think of his tires.
1: Tires, yeah, And but we think of a Midas touch as a good thing, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to go into a little bit of the uh, mythology here. So Midas, as I said, was the king of Phrygia, and I doubt that I'm saying that right, and he loved gold. In fact, he would do the Scrooge McDuck thing where he would gather up his gold, and he would dive into it and lay it upon his body, and he dreamed of being made of gold, all of his stuff, and one day, the king of wine's name was Dionysius, was passing through, and he had a satyr named Silenus, and Silenus fell asleep in Midas' famous garden, and uh, Midas comes upon him and invites him in and shows him a great time. And Silenus says, hey, I will grant any wish that you have. And Midas says, I want everything that I touch to turn to gold. And Silenus says, boom, and it happened. And Midas is thrilled, and he goes around, and he starts touching stuff, and it turns to gold, and he's like, this is awesome. But then he sees a rose, and he thinks, man, I would really love to smell that rose and he touches the rose and it turns to gold and he leans in to smell it and he can't smell it well after a while he gets hungry he gets thirsty he touches a glass of water he touches food turns to gold and then he sees his daughter his beautiful daughter and he's like "Uh uh-oh this is bad so he prays to the gods to take away this curse that he thought was a gift they say go down to this River, wash your hands, it'll be done. He puts his hands into the river, it turns to gold. So according to legend, there's still gold there on those banks to this day. Midas comes back, and he's back to normal again, and then he learned his lesson about avarice and greed. And so kind of of the tagline that I had in my mind as we thought about this podcast was not every gift is a blessing. So Midas was given a gift, but it wasn't necessarily a blessing.
0: Yeah, and Lance, that's true, but you don't have to go all the way back to Greek mythology to find out that some gifts aren't really gifts. Some of you may recall what took place in the late 90s in Roby, Texas, a small town in West Texas. Uh, there were a group of farmers who had fallen on hard times, and uh, the the drought, which uh, commonly takes place in West Texas, uh, had let them, had left them without crops. And so they decided to do the extreme, uh, at least in their minds. Uh, they pulled together their money. There was forty-two of them in all. They chipped in ten dollars a piece, uh, and ended up playing the lottery. Uh, and of course, uh, we tell this story because you know that they won. Uh, the the forty-two of them plus the clerk uh, who sold them the tickets. He also chipped in. So forty-three people in all split. 46 million dollars and so surely that would change everything
1: oh totally i mean a large sum of money just given to you at one time is completely perfect and awesome every single time (laughs)
0: Well, uh, we all know what you have to say about unearned income, but certainly this did change everything, but almost none of it was for the better. Uh, In fact, years later, there was a story that would be written about the tragedy that befell most of the lottery winners, and one specific individual uh, by the name of Lance Green uh, talked a lot about what took place. Not me yeah different lance uh for sure because this uh, particular lance not me uh had some marital strife and was actually in the middle of a divorce right before he won the lottery and of course uh sometimes when your spouse wins the lottery you may have a change of heart and that was the case with uh lance not me uh- <laughs> <And> it- <laughs> So, yeah, Jamie, if you're listening
1: to this and it uh, is me, call me right away, please. <laughs> yes.
0: Lance did not win the lottery, and you're still stuck with him. So, I, I mean, things went from bad to worse. There were car accidents. There were brain tumors. There was divorce. I mean, bankruptcy. Uh, all of these things that thought they thought that was going to completely change your lives didn't. Uh, but what was interesting is is not only that the people in Roby, but throughout the the country and even the world, this was kind of an international story. Everybody thought that this was going to change Roby for good, uh, and and they they would later talk about how uh, because there were forty three millionaires in Roby, Texas. Out of the six hundred, that there were more millionaires per capita in Roby, Texas, than than any other city in the world. But
1: I got to go back to the '90s rap game and say, "Mo money, mo
0: problems." (laughs) Well, and that is exactly what it was. You would think winning a million dollars was going to be a big deal, but by the time uh, the dust had settled, uh, they had figured out that each person was going to get. Uh, after taxes, The third... tax man cometh. Yes, he does. And the, he, the, and the tax man taketh away because they were going to get $39,000 each uh, per person per year for the next 20 years. Uh, and so it wasn't this windfall. Of course, a lot of them uh, found places who would say, hey, uh, you know, we'll give you, you know, 300000 up front and we get to collect your money. And a lot of them did that, and that led to even more issues. So it was a tough deal for sure.
1: Well, and it seems like at this time of year, from the time that uh, we're young, we're trained to make a list of things that we want. What I'm hearing and what I'm learning here and what I'm gathering is that we probably would ask for all of the wrong things.
0: Yeah, and and I, I would think on the outset that, hey, winning the lottery would, would be a really good thing. What's interesting about this story is, Uh, while this was being written in 2004, several years after the lottery had been won, uh, there was a, a gentleman in Roby, Texas, uh, who had nothing to do with the lottery or the winnings, but he was out and about, uh, and got stung by bees. Bees,
1: coach, I'm scared of bees.
0: Yeah, 200 of them. Uh, it led to a, uh, a massive heart attack and into the hospital and and this guy's just clinging on for his life he's got a wife he's got a family and the little town of roby just surrounded his family uh they raised funds uh they they fed his family while he was in the hospital after he would get out of the hospital he did in fact live that he was going to have his medical bills taken care of there would be food on the table for him and and it's it's interesting because at the end of the day even even Lance the lottery winner not Lance not me. Not, not Lance I'm broke Lance <laughs> he would say you know what Winning the lottery was probably about the worst thing that happened to me, uh, and and for Gene Ship, the one who got stung by bees, he had a far better outcome than winning the lottery.
1: Yeah, because nobody would think that the guy who's got stung by a swarm of bees is better off than the guy that won the lottery. And yet the guy who won the lottery would trade places with the guy who got stung by the bees. Yes.
0: And so because of that, I think I've decided I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. (laughs) It better not be a hive. Let's just say, um, don't open it when anybody else is around.
1: (laughs) I'm going to buy you a uh, lottery ticket, Doug. (laughs)
0: Thanks. Okay, so
1: now we're going to play a song from uh, Canada's Finest, uh, BNL. I'll abbreviate their name. And it's a song that I think Doug has grown to love.
0: Oh, I just, I'd never heard this song before a couple days ago, and most of Lance's music is really weird, uh, but he, he played this song, and I just, I loved it. It's my new favorite song.
1: It's, it's kind of whimsical. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek. They're saying that they don't really need the money, but you get the feeling that if they had it, they would spend it in really cool ways. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. You're going to love it.
1: Okay, if I had a million
0: dollars. <laughs> If
1: I had a million dollars,
0: if I had a million dollars, well I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house, and if I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars,
1: buy you furniture
0: for your house. Maybe an ice Chesterfield or an ottoman, and if I had a million dollars, if I. Well, I'd buy you a K-Car, a nice, reliable automobile. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy you. go up there and Um, hang out. Like, open the fridge and stuff, and there'll always be foods laid out for us with little pre-wrapped sausages and things. Mm. They have pre-wrapped sausages, but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon. Well, can you (laughs) blame them? Oh, yeah. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy a
1: Of course we would. We just need more, and buy really. Expensive. So if I had a million dollars, I definitely would do the tree fort. That's yeah. a given.
0: Okay, well, um, I'll, I'm going to buy you a lottery ticket because I want a tree fort. <laughs> okay,
1: right on. So we're going to shift gears just a little bit now, and we're going to talk about a story that I'm guessing nobody would have predicted that this would be the Bible story that we would use for a Christmas type podcast.
0: No, no way. There's two parts of this story, and we're probably only going to address the first part because the second part is even more off the wall weird. Most definitely, we're just
1: going to do the first part, and it's the story of of Jephthah. Yes, and we're not positive if we're even saying that accurately. Yeah,
0: if you look in Judges uh, chapter 11, verse one, and you see that that conglomeration of consonants, you just uh, you want to buy a vowel.
1: Yeah, it looks like an Eastern European name there. Yeah.
0: Okay, but it's Hebrew. Yes. Okay,
1: so Jephthah is a Gileadite. From the tribe of Gilead. Yeah, and a mighty warrior. So Sounds that's like how me. he is
0: introduced
1: to us here. And it's still in verse 1 here, and we, we've debated a lot about which word to use, and I'm still actually on the precipice of which one to use.
0: Yeah, and I'm on the precipice of pushing the beat button when you say that word. Uh,
1: okay, his mother was a, starts uh, uh, with a P. <laughs> Ends with a toot. <laughs> I might take that out too. <laughs> a woman of ill repute. She's a woman of
0: ill repute.
1: <laughs> she is. So. <laughs> Doug's
0: still laughing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. She is a. She's a woman of ill repute. Yes. The NIV. Uh, well, no, the NIV calls her something else. Yeah. Okay. But it's Christmas time, and there's a, a church podcast, so you did not hear anything like that. So
1: his mother and dad are not married, and there was a transaction of money that took place that resulted in the birth of Jephthah. Yes. Okay, so I don't think we need any more pejoratives or junior high humor to get through the rest of this podcast. Deal?
0: Yeah, and I'm just glad that this is like audio only, and we don't have to like draw pictures or anything. That's
1: true. Okay, Gilead has uh, other sons by his wife. So right now we know that Gilead might not be the most stand-up righteous dude in the village.
0: Yeah, and this would be one tough genogram to draw out to figure out where Jephthah fits in all of this.
1: So the, the, the other sons do something kind of deplorable. They say, Jephthah, you got to go because you're not going to be any part of Dad's inheritance. And it says that they drive him away, and he ends up in Tob.
0: Which, um, it does rhyme with Hobbes, and so I'm thinking it's like desert-like.
1: Okay, it could be. Uh, and so he uh, ends up there, and depending on the translation that you have, it, but but it says that he gathered a group of adventurers, if you
0: have the NIV. Old, the, old NIV, yeah. Yeah,
1: but if you have the new one, it says a group of scoundrels.
0: <laughs> I, I really like scoundrels better. So it's kind of this ultimate
1: underdog kind of story. I mean, he literally is like kind of the black sheep of the family. They drive him away. He goes off into kind of the wilderness, to kind of the the wrong side of the tracks, and he has what kind of sounds like at best mercenaries, at worst kind of a street gang.
0: Yeah, and you just have to ask yourself is anything good going to come out of this kid's life? I mean, he has a weird name that people can't pronounce. He's got a mother who had an an occupation that is not really a good one no it's
1: it's not above the line
0: yeah he's got brothers who run him off and and a dad who seemingly doesn't do anything to stop his other sons from running off his eldest child
1: so he's the definition of a high risk underprivileged kid that you know we have tons of uh programs and churches nonprofits that try to reach out to this type of kid and it's
0: it's so hard yeah it is and you just think there's really no hope for this kid and uh, but but I mean it's in the Bible so let's just read what happens next so in
1: verse four it's it starts off with some time later so we don't know how how old Jephthah is, but the ammonites show up and they made war on
0: Israel okay so good news bad news for Jephthah
1: yeah the brothers that drove him away come back. And in verse six, well, in five, they uh, show up in the land of Tob. And in verse six, they say, come be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. And so right there, the one that they drove away, the black sheep of the family, they come to him and say, we need you to lead us
0: yeah and he kind of laughs and says are, are you are you joking me like didn't you hate me? didn't you drive me from my father's house and now you're coming to me because you're in trouble
1: yeah and it's kind of funny that they drove him away because they didn't want him to get any of dad's stuff and now they're saying we want you to rule over us it's it's kind of funny how tribulation can uh make you flip as quickly as uh as what people do during a really desperate time
0: and and so he's gonna ask the question hey I, if I come back and fight, you know, for you, can I really trust you? You know, or are you just going to send me out to the front lines and have me killed, you know, and spare yourself is kind of what he's thinking.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is how many times did they call upon the Lord in verse 10? It says that he repeats the words before the Lord, and then, bef- and then there's some correspondence that go back and forth between... Jephthah and the Ammonite ruler, they argue ab- about their past and and who did who wrong way back when. But then it says that the Lord came upon Jephthah. And so <laughs> he is he is working under the power of Jehovah God, and he wipes the Ammonites out. They win the battle.
0: Yeah, they become a grease stain. I mean, he gives them the business, and all of a sudden... Uh, But I do want to say there's one really interesting interaction when there's this argument between whose land is it and whose does it belong to. And basically, uh, Jephthah says, hey, I want you to know that God gave us power to come in and take this land, and he gave it to us. So if you want this land, you need to take what your gods have given to you. (laughs) Yeah, he
1: does kind of throw that back up
0: in their face.
1: And so we say all of that to say this, is it possible that the best... Preparation, or if you will, the best gift that Jephthah was given that allowed him to perform this mighty act later in life was his difficult childhood.
0: I mean, not to be too um, flaky about this or weird, but uh, you know, it just makes me think of the the song "A Boy Named Sue" and <laughs> and how you know it's it's sometimes the best gift can be enduring hardship.
1: Yeah, and it's like the the warrior that God needed was was forged in this furnace of persecution and of tribulation and something nobody would will upon their child and yet God could take that and he could redeem it and he could make it meaningful the the sons that were raised in their father's home and and had their mother and were not driven away and didn't have those kinds of tribulations those were the sons that got conquered. Those were the sons that didn't have the strength to stand up, to fight the battles, and to win. God chose the black sheep that they drove out.
0: Yeah, and and what's interesting about this, of course, you guys don't see the behind the scenes and, and the chopping block, what didn't make this, but Lance and I sat around and we named off, rattled off, probably a dozen different characters within the Bible who had some really tough upbringings you know you talk about David you talk about Joseph I mean David yeah King David you know he was anointed king and then he went back out into the field and tended the sheep you know he would run and hide from Saul you know all these hardships that he had to face and we hear this over and over and over again that seems like God gifts people with difficult times
1: yeah, and it's really hard to get into kind of the sovereignty and the free will and is God the one who put Joseph in the well or did uh, evil do that but God could work through evil? I mean, I don't know that we wanted to get that theologically deep here, yeah. but I do think that we want to say this right now is that, that God can take those, those very difficult times and can redeem those things and bring about amazing events for his kingdom.
0: Yeah, and and the things that we assume are the greatest gifts that God could give us, you know, maybe we think of lotteries, or maybe we think of, you know, a great career, or different things. Well,
1: how about if we just jump ahead to Samson, which is chapter thirteen of yeah. the same book? Yeah, he's special from the from before birth. Yeah, he is called. He is special. He he is given a mission from the time he's young. He's given this strength. He doesn't have to go to funerals as as a kid, which, you know, when you're growing up, funerals are, like, the worst. And so I'm I'm being a little flippant there. But Samson has most of the gifts that most of us would uh, ask for, and he kind of wastes them in some ways. Jephthah is not given any of those, and I guess the moral of the story is that God can use both. Sure. So let's maybe just compare that a, a little bit to Jesus now. Jesus has a little more of a Jephthah um, upbringing than what you might think.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously there are prophecies that are fulfilled through Jesus, even at his very birth, the fact that he would be born of a virgin and that he would be born in the town of, of Bethlehem. And so, yeah, I mean, there were some people knew, there were some special things There's about a him. There's bit of the
1: Samson story in there, angels talking to the parents, those those types of things.
0: Yeah, but almost all those were, were prophecies that were fulfilled, but yet weren't noticed until years later. People, you know, for the most part, weren't going around saying, oh, look, there's Jesus. He's the son of God. No, no, no. They said, oh, he's Jesus, son of a uh, a virgin, you know. I mean, he was made fun of for this.
1: Yeah, so they both have kind of, in the eyes of people around them, had a morally questionable way that they were brought in to this world.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: and then Jephthah was driven away by people trying to hold on to power. Jesus, of course, is driven away by king, Herod, trying to hold on to his power. Sure. And so there's a lot of similarities there. Jesus has a uh, what uh, we would assume would be a difficult upbringing. They have to flee when, uh, when he's a toddler. Uh, every boy of his generation in that vicinity, of course, is going to be murdered. And so... You uh, have a lot of tribulation there that's closer to Jephthah than it is to Samson.
0: Yeah, and, and you think, what's really going on here? I mean, this is the Son of God. God chooses to come down to the earth. You know, is this really the way that he's going to, uh, to bless his son, is, is to put him through such hardship and trial? Why, why didn't he allow him to be born into royalty, into a palace? I mean, wouldn't that be a better gift? And I think we all know what the answer to that is.
1: Yeah, sometimes the best gifts that God can give us is kind of the broken path. It's kind of the hard way. Yeah.
0: Is this the time where I'm supposed to sing, you know, Garth Brooks? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers.
1: <laughs> um, I like the sentiment. Not a fan of, of the song. So that's a no. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be a no. But speaking of music, we do... I want to play a song here, and it's a Jars of Clay, a band that I've loved uh, since I was 15 or 16 when they came out. But we are going to listen to a song that I don't think that you would actually want to do. It's a Christmas song. It's the drummer boy. And if, if somebody has a child and you go visit them, don't go and bang on something to, as the gift for the child. Uh, babies wake up when you do that, and they cry. But I love the song.
0: Play it Come, they told me parample pam A newborn king to see for pump, Pam Pam. Our finest gifts we bring, pa rum pa To lay before the king, pa-rum-pa-rum-pa-rum So to honor him, pa rum pa when we come
1: Right, so that's jars of clay. I love that song. So, we were going to finish up here just kind of talking about the nature of gifts. And once again, we got to say that we're talking about like gifts that God gives. I don't think that this translates that well to what's underneath the tree. But yeah. it could. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So, I think the first thing that I thought of is that good gifts are not commands. They're not a quid pro quo, but they invite us. And so God gives us gifts, and then and then he invites us, he calls us to use them to follow him. Yeah,
0: and we've talked about this before, but this idea of sanctification, that we've been given a gift, and so therefore we're called to use it. And I'm, I, I kind of argued this last week that it's not really a gift if it's not given. And so... Uh, we've been given a gift, as we talked about in Romans chapter 12, and then it's our responsibility. It invites us to take the gift we've been given, generosity or teaching or showing mercy, and then we pass it on to other people. Yeah, the uh,
1: gift is not the end of itself. It's it's kind of the beginning. Yes. It's an uh, invitation. And so the second thing that I thought of is that, that the gifts that God gives us represents the giver.
0: Well, that actually is... It's pretty deep. I want to think about that for a second. I'll let you talk on this one. Let me think about it.
1: Okay, so uh, I think that God is not going to give gifts that are contrary to the nature of God.
0: Yeah, and I mean, boy, you could just stop right there and talk for a long time about, you know, that that really is is what Jesus came to do, is to, to show us who God is so that we might worship Him.
1: Yeah, you know, and so that's another way, that I think, to kind of— check your desires and to check your your prayer life and uh to to just kind of check that and say is this in god's nature to give me this and if it's not uh then you should probably try to want something different
0: yeah so so basically if if, if you're questioning is this a gift from god maybe you need to ask yourself does does this gift uh make me more merciful, does it make more, me more loving? Does this make me more humble? Uh those things are things, you know, I think oftentimes we go back to say, Oh, a gift from God is, you know, winning the lottery.
1: Yeah, and then I want to close with this one that uh sometimes God chooses to give us gifts that are extravagant and over the top and they're not very practical. And I think that we only have to go to Jesus to see that plan.
0: Yeah. I agree that that it is not logical or practical. I mean, I I don't I don't know what it looked like in heaven on the day that that God said, "Okay, here's the plan. I'm revealing it to the angels. The rest of you, you need to know, I, I'm I'm going down to Earth." And you know, here they're thinking, "Okay, let's 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 get ready. We're going to go war."
1: The red carpet, the limousines, the tanks. There's like so many ways that we would have planned this.
0: Yeah, I mean, burst onto the scene. There would have been a palace. There, you know. You, you talk about, you know, you have a, a president going into a, ta- <clears throat> a town and, and they have all the secret service up on towers, you know, like protecting them. And, and God says, oh, no, by the way, uh, I mean, he's going to be born. What, he's going to come as a baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, OK, so let's find a good king for him to be born of, you know, surely from the lineage of David. And they say, well, you know what? It'll be the lineage of David, but it's going to be a, a teenage girl and, and she's going to give birth to him while basically, you know, in a farmhouse. Yeah, of sorts.
1: Kind of a cave. And so that gift of Jesus was so over the top. It's not very practical. And yet God still blesses us in those ways. And uh I'm going to close with a story here that I absolutely love. It's called The Gift of the Magi. And it's a story about Della and Jim. And Della has beautiful curly hair and Jim adores her and loves her and they're married but they're poor. And I know that you and I don't have to think back that far to where we were young and we were married not to one another to our wives.
0: <laughs> yeah, not not to you.
1: Yeah, and sometimes giving gifts can kind of be a stressful thing.
0: Yeah, and and you know that you can't always uh give uh, the, the gift that you want to give, so you have to think really hard and give the best one that you can, and the one that's really going to speak to the, the recipient. Yeah,
1: and so uh, Jim has decided that he is going to buy these fancy ivory comb things, these Bretts, for Della's beautiful curly hair. And Della has said, I'm going to save up penny by penny to buy a, a, a gold chain for Jim's pocket watch. And so they both are saving, and it comes right down to it, and neither one of them have the money to follow through on on their gift. And so Della does the unthinkable thing. She cuts her hair, and she sells it to buy the chain for Jim.
0: That's so sweet. Yeah,
1: so, you know, Jim's got a beautiful wife still, but she's got short hair, and uh, he doesn't have the money to buy the the brettes, which is fine now because she doesn't have hair. He doesn't know that. He goes and pawns his pocket watch to buy the Bretts.
0: No, he didn't.
1: Yes, he did. So they show up, Christmas Day, her uh, hair is cut short, and Jim is like, oh, no, oh, no. And she thinks that he doesn't like the haircut. And then he gives her the gift, and it's the Bretts, and she has no hair to put them in. And then she's like, so how did you get the money to buy these? He's like, I pawned my watch. And she's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) And she gives him his gift, and it's the gold chain for the pocket watch he doesn't have. And so both of those gifts really cost both of the givers something dear. And yet, and then they weren't that practical. And yet, the point of the story is the love that they had for one another and the sacrifice that they were willing to make is not something that you can put into a box. And even if you could, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, and, and really it is. To, I just think about that that story, and, and they would go on years later, you would you would imagine, and, and treasure the gifts that they got, not because they were practical or they used them daily, but instead because they know the sacrifice that was made in order for them to receive that gift.
1: Yeah, it, it really is the sacrifice and the heart. And you can't really wrap that up. You can't put it underneath the tree. It's hard to quantify, but you know it when you feel it. And I think that that really is our prayer for uh, all of you is regardless of what is is uh, under the tree, but that but that you experience that. And we pray that you experience that with your family. But ultimately, we want you to feel that through our our Lord.
0: That's right. And, And to realize that his gift was extravagant and it was illogical, uh, and yet, in so many ways, uh, our lives are changed daily because of what he did by sending his son, Jesus. Absolutely. So
1: that's, that's the cheesy place that we want to close on. If this were a lifetime movie, there would be snow that would start to fall and we would start to carol. But we really are going to kind of end this here at what's the real meaning of this time of year, and it's that we have a God who gives amazing gifts.
0: Yep. And, and to be thankful for the, the gifts that he gives us, even when they don't seem like they're the ones that we wanted in the first place.
1: Amen. Merry Christmas.
0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel... A multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Okay, so there was a little bit of Linus and Charlie Brown in a, a reading from Luke chapter two, but I want to just curious to see how many of you were able to to listen to this. And so, if you did, uh, I've got a I've got a question that I want you to bring to me. Uh, one year for Christmas, I bought Jennifer a gift. It was in my mind a really good uh, gift. It was very practical. It was something I thought that would be cool, and she would probably say that it was the worst gift that she ever got. So, if you're still listening now. Come up and ask me, what was that gift that I gave Jennifer for Christmas that was so terrible?